Good morning, everyone. Sorry, in front of the speaker. I'll just turn some of these things on. So uh, the reason why we did have that unusual song, as Brian referenced, Katy Perry, Firework, I hope will become clear. Because that song's a little bit about shining your light. And uh, that's actually scriptural. Shine your light. And some of the words in that uh, song are, baby, you're a firework. Come on, let your colors burst. I'm not going to sing it. Make them go, ah, ah, ah. You're going to leave them on awe, or, or, I don't know, boom, 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 even brighter than the moon, moon, moon. It's always been inside of you. Now it's time to let it through. Ooh, ooh. Cool. Because, baby, you're a firework. Come on, show them what you're worth. Make him go, ah, as you shoot across the sky. So you may not have seen that in the video, but um, that's what that song's about. And in Matthew, it talks about shining. Let your light shine. And uh, children, we will get an opportunity for you to help me with this talk a little bit later. We've got some worksheets, which Meg have got, which you can go through over there. But we've got, but a little bit later, I need you to help me talk about some of these lamps and candles up here. Okay, so I'm talking on the subject of uh, let your light shine. Hopefully they'll be able to adjust the boom. But uh, I'm taking it from our regular reading in Acts. Uh, so if we look at, look at Acts 6 verses 1 to 8, I'll quickly read through it and then I'll just pull out just a theme which I think we can get from that. So in those days... When the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because of their widows, because their widows were not, oh, sorry, were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered, gathered all the disciples together and said, "It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men among you." who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and we will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, uh, Timon, Parmenas, uh, Nicholas uh, from Antioch, a convert to Judaism, they presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. And then what happened? So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. And then verse 8. Now Stephen, who is one of the seven, a man full of God, grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. So I, I guess most churches would be really happy with what happened in verse 7, where it says uh, that uh, a, a great number of disciples in Jerusalem increased. So basically they increased in number, and uh, there was wonderful miracles, and uh, a large number of priests became obedient to their faith. I, I think a lot of us will be very pleased for that to happen in our church. And uh, I think one of the reasons why it did happen is just the scene in this passage, they recognized the gifting 
and the different things that people could bring to the church. Um, we can see in this passage that, and throughout all of Acts actually, that uh, God doesn't necessarily use the strongest uh, and the most popular, the most gifted, the most educated. He uses everyone. And that's a really important thing to remember. He uses everyone, and he wants to use everyone in this church. The important things are not our giftedness, but our faith in Jesus, our trust in his, in his word, in his Bible, that we talk to him through prayer, and that we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, but finally, that we're actually amongst the people. It's really important that we're amongst the people chap called Michael Green said this quote in his book, Evangelism in the Early Church. Neither the strategy nor the tactics of the first Christians were particularly remarkable. What was remarkable was their conviction, their passion, and their determination to act as Christ's embassy to a rebel world, whatever the consequences. Now, we looked through Acts, and they didn't necessarily have huge evangelistic crusades with dynamic evangelistic evangelists. Of just normal people, uneducated people. Um, at Catalyst Festival, the one for all the adults, the festival for all the adults, earlier in the year, Dave Devonish said the kingdom of God is very simple. It's, it's just like people planting seeds. Everyone just planting seeds. Seeds are very small. They're little acts of kindness. It could be a smile. It could be just a word of encouragement. But the kingdom of God is like ordinary men and women planting seeds. Now, the passage that I read in Acts, it's just interesting to note that the first people that were recognized for a particular office or position or role, well, they weren't chosen to preach, but they were chosen to serve in practical service of um, giving out food to the widows. They're basically chosen for the equivalent of food bank today, or the summer lunch project which has been going on this last week, where we're giving out packed lunches to uh, children who normally get lunches during the uh, at school, and uh, during the summer don't have any provision for that. So we're just going out and doing that. So this is what they, they were doing. Um, In, the, in Acts, at that time in Jerusalem, it was a routine custom for every Friday uh, in the morning, they would go out into the markets and to the, all the different um, houses, and they'd collect money and food from different people. And then later in the day, they would distribute that to the needy people, and they'd apparently give enough meals to see them over just for just one week. And that's basically what we do at the food bank which I thought was just an interesting com comparison. So we are actually doing what it says in Acts, and we have got men of faith and men and women of faith who are working, distributing food. Even this week, we had people like Magnus and uh, Vince who work as team leaders in Food Bank upstairs who are shining their light in that context. And I thank God for them. And it may be that more people want to get involved in being amongst the people in this uh, really practical way of blessing people. 
Now, even though they were given this particular office, it didn't exclude them from preaching the gospel and, and other things. And we can see in verse 8, it says, uh, And Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. So firstly, we're not excluded. And if we choose one area to uh, kind of serve in, we get to do all things in this church. And I want my heart is to, for everyone to be released in so many different ways across this church and not to be pigeonholed or not to limit themselves of what they think they can do in this church. But not, I want us to realize it's not just about this church. It's, it's about the whole of uh, your lives and uh, how you can impact and shine brightly across this community. Now, the priorities of the early church were the word of God, prayer, and ministering to people. We can see that, and that's why they allocated these different tasks to different people. And we can also see that that's God's intention too. If we read in Ephesians, Ephesians 4, the different ministries that come out, can you remember those things like, um, I'll read it to you, but grace was given to each one, so different people, according to the measure of Christ's gift. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. And I think, historically, we've seen this passage as something of how we organize church. And we've got evangelists and uh, uh, prophets and teachers, and that's how we organize church. And it is that, but it's actually a far bigger calling on our lives. Dividing up these different roles is actually for training you up, for going into your neighborhoods, going into your workplace, going into your schools, into your colleges, and just bringing God's loving rule and reign into every situation and into different people's lives. This isn't just for the church. Uh, a chap called Peter O'Brien, uh, in a book called God's Mission and Ours, says this. The building of the body, talked about in Ephesians 4, is inextricably linked with his intention of filling the whole universe with his rule. Since it's the church, it, it is the church is the instrument in carrying out his purpose for the cosmos. So it's through the church that we first see different people in, being used in different ways. But so we can demonstrate that and that kingdom culture, that kingdom way of life to the whole world. Another thing we can notice from these guys that were selected to uh, help with feeding the widows is that their reputation went before them. They, uh, we read in verse 3, pick out from among you seven men of good repute. These guys were shining already. They didn't wait for the recognition and then, and then shine. They were seen to be doing this already. Now, I guess some of these guys may have started out like Peter 
and been a bit embarrassed of their faith and hidden and ducked down, tried to deny Christ, trying not to get noticed, just practicing their faith in private. And actually that can be the danger of some of us as well, that we want to just practice our faith in private and not, for it not to be a public thing. But actually when the Holy Spirit came upon people like Peter and these guys, there was a fresh boldness and a courage. And so I'd encourage you that, uh, to be filled with the Holy Spirit again every day, that you wouldn't be fearful, but that you'd be filled with boldness. Now, a few months ago, as deacons and as leaders, we were considering what our mission statement would be for our church. And um, I just thought it was important. I mean, we all kind of, as churches, do know our overall mission statement and, um, you know, to go and make disciples of all nations. But I just wanted to try and root it in a little bit more for us. Um, it's important to do this just to make it a really clear call to action of why we're here and why we meet. Um, so what I wanted to try and do is have a statement which says what we're called to do, who we're called to, and where we're called to. And it gives everyone in the church a kind of a united conviction of what God is calling us to. Why, why do we exist? So we exist to dot, dot, dot. So if someone asks you, why do you exist as a church? I'd like us all to be able to say we exist for this reason. So this is our unique purpose and our assignment as a church. And I want us to all know it, but I want quickly for people outside to say, this is what they're about. This is why they exist. I can see that. That's clear. And so this is what we came up with. We exist to shine the transforming light of Jesus upon all the people we meet. Now, this came up through lots of different people. As you know, we're called Beacon Church, and it fits with being uh, with this statement. And my desire is that we would release everyone, young and old, um, new Christians, old Christians, in this church to the fullness of what God's purpose and design is for them individually. I want to release, the, you heard the phrase, priesthood of the saints, priesthood of the people, that we're all anointed to uh, reach out to people. It's not about me or any of the other leaders, the deacons. It's about all of us being mobilized to shine and do this thing. Because I can't go into your workplace, I can't go into your school, I can't necessarily speak to your neighbor, I may be able to, but we all exist here to shine the transforming light of Jesus upon all the people we meet in every walk of life. And just like in the Bible, it's not massive evangelistic crusades. This is just part of your everyday life. You can make an incredible difference to the person that you interact with on a daily basis. You can make a mundane meeting supernatural in a moment. You can make a chance meeting in the street a moment where heaven touches earth and transforms things we just read of 254 people being healed you can pray for someone for healing and see transformation in a moment young and old we can do this 
And so, so for example, Sundays, we're here to see lives transformed, yes? We're here to see lives transformed. And everything we do here on a Sunday, I, I'd hope that would, when you serve, you've got that in the back of your mind. I'm doing this because ultimately I want to see people's lives transformed by Jesus. I'm serving coffee, not that I might wet someone's appetite and give them a coffee. My ultimate aim here is that people would meet Jesus. And the way we put out the chairs in lines, all these things, if they're all higgledy-piggledy, do you think that's going to help people being transformed by the presence of Jesus? It's not going to help, is it? It's not really going to help if they're all over the place. If someone walked in, there was no one on the door, and they just wandered in. All these little things, they may seem insignificant, but they all do add up to people's lives being transformed. And I'm so thankful the people that do uh, kind of serve on a, on a Sunday. But I, do, I don't want to just talk about Sundays. I want to talk about every day of your life and how you can... There you go. How you can uh, shine the transforming light of Jesus upon every person you meet. Now, this idea of shining your light isn't just come from a Katy Perry track that I heard. It's actually backed up in Scripture too. You'll be glad to know. So should we look at a few Scriptures where it tells us to do this? Um, so we got, okay, yeah, Matthew. Matthew, I'll just read some, through some of these. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Isaiah, arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Philippians, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. 1 Peter 2.9 But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And then finally, John 8.12 When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness but will have the light of life. That's you. You'll have the light of life. Now you may say to me, I'm not sure of what God's plan is for my life. I don't know how to serve. I don't know how to share my faith. I just want to say to you, it's actually very simple. God's plan for you is just to shine. It's just to shine. His Holy Spirit is in you. And he wants to shine through you in every situation. John Piper said, this isn't just for our own glory, and he didn't say this, but it's not for our own self-promotion at all, and I hope you understand that. 
John Piper said this, Christians are never merely public do-gooders for the sake of people just seeing them. We want people to know and love God. That is our purpose. Partnering with the Holy Spirit is simply including him in our ordinary, everyday lives. This week, I, uh, I just offered to pray for someone. I've never prayed for him before, but I was asking him about his, uh, what he wanted prayer for, and he said that he wanted prayer for his work situation. He wanted to change job. I kept it fairly simple because I've never prayed for him before, and uh, just prayed a very simple prayer. But afterwards, he looked up at me, and he just said to me, what happened there? And uh, I said, what? He said, everything went very odd just then. It, everything just went white. And I was just able to say to him, that's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit just presencing himself with us right now. And I just, I just remembered that. And just the fact that he just saw white. And we are bringing God's light into people's lives. And I've spoken to this guy for some time about the truth, but actually we want people to experience the light of life that we know. And um, also, just other ways that I've heard just this week of people just displaying God's light. A woman came in to revive. She was paralyzed down one side. She could walk, but she, was, she couldn't have any movement in one arm. And... Um, and she was dragging her leg a little bit. And she, she just asked if, um, she said she'd been sent here by somewhere else to see if, if someone could help her fill in her disability um, allowance. And she couldn't fill in the forms. So we took her upstairs. And then the lovely people who serve upstairs in Food Bank just were able to just write her application form for her. And it's just another way of just simply bringing, sharing God's light into this woman's life. Um, and as I said, we gave out um, packed lunches all this week, and there's numerous stories I could tell you. But I, was, I, I came down a couple of times. Just one of the times I came down, we happened, my wife was there as well, we just happened to, God coincidentally, bump into an old neighbor that we used to live next door 10 years ago, who's got, I think, five children and um, really need of help. Uh, and she's looking after grandchildren as well. And we, so we'd just be reintroduced to her. I was able to invite her to church and just make her aware of where we are and that we're here. And she now lives in Chertsey. So, yeah, just another way that we can just very simply. But it was through the act of being among people. And that's what the disciples were doing. And they were being among people by just doing, uh, giving out food to the widows. And I encourage you, at every opportunity where you're with people, see it as an opportunity to shine God's transforming light. We have this wonderful cafe here, this coffee shop here. We have lots of things you can get involved with where you can just be among people in a very easy way and you can shine God's light in the little lights that's aptly named little lights in um, a food bank that I've mentioned. And there's lots of different ways as well. If you want to get involved in some way, then speak to me. Okay, children, it'd be good if you could help us, wouldn't it? Okay, have we got any children left? Not many. Oh, they're out down there. Guys, do you want to come up here and sit on these, step, these chairs here? Just leave your worksheets or bring them with you. I need you to help me look at some of these things here. Right. You see, 
He can sit on the floor. He can sit on these chairs. All right, you see, can you see all these lamps and things up here, little different candles and things? Tell me, how are they different to each other? Name some of the differences. Shout something out. Colours, sizes. Yeah, some of them use electricity, some of them don't. Yeah, some are candles. What other differences are there? Lit up differently, yeah. Are they different sizes? Yeah. Sizes and shapes and colours, yeah. Brightness. Yeah. Anything else? You've got your glow sticks as well, yeah? You've all got your glow sticks, good. Pardon? Some have smells. Oh, right, yeah, well spotted. Yeah. That's right, it's a scented candle. Well done. Now, do they all have the same purpose? Well, they kind of do. They all want to give off light, don't they? Yeah? They all want to emit light? Yeah? Torches and lamps, they're all giving off light, yes? So they're all different shapes and sizes and colours and ages and different ways of giving off light, but they all do have one purpose, to give off and shine light, yes? And this is actually true of all of us as well. We're all different shapes and sizes and ages and colours, different um, styles, different smells. <laughs> And, but we all have the same purpose. We all have the same purpose here. We all... You are created to shine. You are created to shine. It says, let your light shine. You are all light bearers. Children, you're all light bearers. They're all different. We're all different. But we're all created for one purpose, to shine the light of the Lord Jesus. Okay. See this lamp here? What happens if I do this? Was that a good idea? What, is that very good? What's happened to the light? You can't see it. Should I do that? Is that a good thing to do? It doesn't light up, does it? No. So I've, what have I done there? What have I done? I covered it up with a basket. That was a bit silly. Do you know there's a verse in the Bible that talks about covering a light with a basket? Did you know that? Shall I read it to you? Let me find it. It's in Matthew. We read it earlier, actually. Actually, It says, you are the light of the world. Speaking about all of us, you are the light of the world. It talks about us being like a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. But it also talks us about a lamp being put under a basket. And it says... We shouldn't do this. We should put it on a stand so we can give light to the whole house. So we need to take the, the basket off the light, don't we? And then, and then what happens? We can see the light, yes? We can see the light. And this is the reason why God put this verse in the Bible. For this reason. In the same way, let your light shine before others. 
so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So do you think sometimes we can cover up our lights? Yeah. Our purpose is to emit light and to shine. That's God's intention for each one of us, to shine in the darkness. Guys, do you know what's the name of our church? Beacon. Beacon. Does anyone know what a beacon is? It's a light. Excellent. Anyone else know? Does anyone know of any beacons near us? Has anyone ever been up to St. Anne's Hill? Yeah? No? On St. Anne's Hill, there's a big beacon on the hill that you can see from a long way. I haven't seen it lit, but apparently they do light it every now and again. This is the definition of a beacon. A fire or light set up in a high or prominent position as a warning signal or celebration. I think that's a really good reminder for us that who we are as a church. We're a warning signal or a celebration. We're both, aren't we? We celebrate God's likeness. We've come into the light, but also we're a warning signal to others. That if they don't come into the light, then it's a very different story. How are we doing for time? Okay. So I'll just remind you of our mission statement together as a church. We exist to shine the transforming light of Jesus upon all the people we meet. Now, I'm sure you remember that song. We're going to try and sing it. Well, we can, I'm going to play a song. It's a children's song. This Little Light of Mine. I hope you all remember that. It's a great song. Now, I found quite a cool version of it that we're going to play. And why don't we just stand together, sing if you want to, or just stand... And, um, and you know the words, so you can sing along if you know the words. Go on then.